Welcome to Flopography, where we revisit old pop albums that are known by many, not because of their critical or commercial success, but because of their lack thereof. These albums received the designation of flop. But did we give them a fair shake? Hello, listeners. It's episode seven of uh, season three of Flopography. Mike and Steve recorded here for you for your listening pleasure. It's great to round out the season with you guys. And with that, Mike, I can't see you over there. You don't get What's my that? joke? No. Oh, because I'm camouflaged. camouflage, Mike. Come on. Well, it's for the Rihanna Navy. Get it? You just uh-huh. gave away our album. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Bleep that. Okay, we can we can tell everybody we're reviewing yeah. Rihanna. And Mike, you tell them what album. Rated R by Rihanna. So I decked out in the Rihanna Navy style. And I even have the Rated R hat. Um, so this is from her last Girl on Earth tour that I went to. And it has the iconic R Rihanna logo, which is kind of moved away from, which I hate. But yeah. I busted it out. Wow. So you went to her rated R uh, tour. I did. I did. I can, I, I'll share photos that you see so we can share with our listeners. <laughs> okay. I love that. I am wearing black in the spirit of the album. Mm-hmm. And by the time this goes live, she'll have performed at the Super Bowl, the yeah. biggest stage there is. So, Mike, I know this will be after the fact, but what? song are you most looking forward to her performing at the super bowl or hoping that she performs i'm gonna go with rude boy only because it's i mean not because it's on on this album but like i don't know there's something to be so fun about watching her sing that again live and it was a top number one so i'm gonna go with that one how about you I don't know. That's tough. I think one of my favorite Rihanna songs is the We Found Love in a Hopeless Place. Oh, but she's got to play that one. She would Yeah, so she's got to play that. So I'm looking, I'm hoping and looking forward to, to that performance. I thought she might dry, drop an album before, but the Navy is going to have to continue to wait, it looks like. Seriously, though. Unless she does a surprise it. drop. I mean, and we may eat our words by the time we uh, this goes yeah. live. I don't know if she'll do that, but a girl can dream. So clearly, Mike, you're a Rihanna fan. Uh, what was your perspective of Rihanna going into the re-listening of this album? I liked and appreciated some her some of her songs, but I never, to this point, bought an album from hers. And Steve, this time is 2009 of this album, and you know, back then albums were were totally the thing still to buy because streaming wasn't a thing and you know, you got to pay a, back down a buck, 99 cents, kids, for an iTunes song. But Rihanna appreciated her. I wasn't a massive movie stan at that time and place. So for me, I really only know Rihanna's hit singles. I've never listened to a full Rihanna album before this listening. What? Rated R. Come on, Steve. It was a bit of a shock to me, and that it's part of the reason I was excited to review this one um, when you recommended it. 
looking at her numbers as well, it seems like aside from anti that she's a singles artist. We can talk about her career to this point, but um, don't hate on me for, for that Mike, but if y'all are watching my mouth just dropped. Um, So yeah. (laughs) With Fenty, she's truly built this like empire. She's more, more than just a singer. She's this businesswoman. I don't know a more mass appealing female musician out there. I will say Uh, from a GP perspective, that's why Rihanna's music has been so radio friendly because she's so well liked from the masses. And I think that's why I've been introduced to her as the singles artist. I think the tide is turning in that one, but we'll get into that. Now let's get into the background, Mike. Let's do it. The album was released on November 20th, like you said, in 2009. The type of music that was popular at the time. The Black Eyed Peas had the top song of the year with Boom Boom Pow. Mm. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. I forgot that was just that year. And Lady Gaga had the second and third biggest hits of the year with Poker Face and Just Dance. So context to the songs that were popular on pop radio, Black Eyed Peas, Gaga. And overall, pop music ruled the charts in 2009. It was a great year for your type of music, Mike, I will say. I loved 2009 and music like Shakira had come out with an album around this time. We had the fame monster around this time. Like Steve, 2009 was a really good year with music. And for Rihanna, she was almost a veteran at this time. She was in her fourth studio album. She was only 21 years old. The album was a departure from her previous studio album, Good Girl Gone Bad. Good Girl Gone Bad had five top 10 singles with three number one hits. So she was coming off a huge album and era it's a pop hip-hop and r&b album is rated r it was conceived after the assault by her then boyfriend chris brown one of the producers who was neo which i think he also had a couple of hits at that time right yeah and he had done um not irreplaceable uh take a bow i think on her previous record so no stranger to rihanna's world actually a lot of producers on this album are, are no stranger to rihanna at this point He said specifically that the album was edgier and angrier than anything Rihanna had ever done. And in February 2010, Rihanna expressed a positive opinion on the album less than a year after the album launched. But she expressed a positive opinion on the album, but commented that her future work would be less intense. She asserted, I really like the bottom, the grime of it. But if I were to combine that with more energetic, up-tempo pop records, then I think that would be a happy marriage. And that's where we'll probably go next. Obviously, we've seen where she went next, and we'll have to kind of see if that's the direction wow. she ended up going. I didn't hear that that quote before. That's, and I, I know these arrows in and out, so I'm super, super intrigued by that comment. All right, Mike, it's time to get into the numbers of rated R with like a bunch of R's that you have on our our title screen. Seriously, spew it out, Steve. So the first week sales of rated R uh, was 181,000. It went number four billboard. And Mike, as a non, should I say, chart enthusiast, you knew the number already that it didn't go number one or number two as some of her previous albums did. Yeah, this was a hotly anticipated album for many reasons. I mean, Good Girl Gone Bad, Steve, everybody can name a song off of that album and everyone can picture that album cover. And the fact that she had to be number one 
immediately qualifies this from a commercial perspective, a flop. The album today is two times platinum. It's the lowest certification since her first album. So all of her albums outside of her first album and albums after had more total sales. Good Girl Gone Bad has gone six times platinum, spent 101 weeks on the chart. Compare that to 45 weeks on the chart. Also went number two on Billboard. So we, we talk often about an album that is super successful, has, you know, what, five top 10 hits. To your point, if you don't get a number one album after that in the first week, there's something wrong in the lead up to that follow up. 100%. Uh, the first single was Russian Roulette. It went number nine and spent 14 weeks on the chart. And I don't think I'd ever heard it before I listened to this album. And after the release of the lead single, Russian Roulette, the producer was aware of the mixed reaction from fans who had heard the track. He assured fans that the song was not fully representative to the rest of the album, though it reflected Rihanna's growth as an artist. There was knowledge on the label and on the production side that it didn't get the reception that they had hoped. We have to go deeper in that, Steve. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll go deeper. In yeah, the- I'm like, hold my tongue. <laughs> Hard was the second single. It went number eight for 20 weeks. Wait Your Turn did not chart. Rude Boy went number one. It was the sole number one for 22 weeks. And Rockstar 101 went number 64 in five weeks. Compared to some flops, it did have some successful singles. But in terms of Rihanna standards as a follow-up, those numbers don't reach the heights of Good Girl Gone Bad. Yeah. And I think we'll find, Steve, that Rude Boy is very much the saving grace from a commercial perspective on this album. That album was kind of DOA in terms of popularity. And when Rihanna released that single, that was the only moment of time that people had their eyes on this album. And it was a good moment. It was my senior year uh, prom anthem where I was on the floor to get down with it. But it's it's definitely a saving grace. The critics score, Mike, actually a pretty positive rating for Rated R. I think the critics liked the, the change in direction. 75 out of 100. Good Girl Gone Bad actually got 72 out of 100. So it did perform a little bit better critically. All right, Mike, it's time for the analysis of the album. So my first question is to describe your initial reaction to the album in one word. I know that you probably have a lot of words and you're trying to think and narrow it down. So maybe I go first. There you go. Let's see. All right. So I'm going to go with dark, you know, in honor of my shirt. First of all, the aesthetic of the album, it was a black cover. I actually, when I was searching tweets, I, there was a recent tweet that's like, why are all black covers of albums the best ones from artists? So <laughs> it was people like dark music, apparently. But the aesthetic of the album, the musical style, the lyrics, she mentions a gun in multiple songs. A review said, while Rihanna is trying to accentuate her individuality and independence with the album, the dark and or mature LP is nothing new. 
from Janet Jackson's The Velvet Rope to Christina Aguilera's Stripped. So the review continues. For a while, Rihanna lacked a compelling narrative, but she couldn't yawn without hitting the top 10. Now her story is overflowing, but her songs aren't sticking as much as they once did. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting how she really was just this, you know, woman from Barbados, pop star, and she didn't really define herself. And she tried to do it with uh, this kind of dark album, which was my, the word I'd use to describe it. And with that, it wasn't as GP friendly, but it probably carved out more of a career for her, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But what would be your one word to describe the album? I would have went with dark, but I'll go with depressing, Steve. I remember the first time I listened to this album, it was in my dad's condo. It was like literally at night and I think I was listening to it on something. I don't know what YouTube, I don't know what it was, but I remember listening to the album from start to finish. Actually, I think I've downloaded it legally. <laughs> um, but LimeWire? I know, LimeWire or something like that. I probably fried my dad's computer too, but it was depressing. And I remember it hitting me so deeply in that moment. I don't know why, but it's such a nighttime sad album for the most part the exception for a few tracks and that was kind of my general reaction and you know see if i think what's interesting about this album is i think people are going to forget that where rihanna was in her career good girl gone bad was probably her first major era prior to that she had music of the sun and then a girl like me her first two records and it was very barbados caribbean girl pop songs, you know, a couple hits, maybe I think two Ponder Replay and SOS and some songs that weren't as huge, but like she hadn't had an era like that of Good Girl Gone Bad. So I think at this stage in her career, people didn't really know who Rihanna was as an artist. And this is the first stepping stone after Good Girl Gone Bad towards who we know of Rihanna today. So, Mike, we're reviewing this album as a potential flop. So I have to understand what you think was the lowest moment from the era. The fact that it was released two years after Good Girl Gone Bad and a short, not even a year after the Grammy night incident with Chris Brown. I say that because there was no breathing room in between that incident that went down and her going back to the studio to get this out. And to me, that's, that's a low moment in some ways, because I don't know if Rihanna was able to fully cope what she had gone through. Yeah. I was going to say something in the same vein about, you know, her experience as a domestic violence victim and how she had to live through the Chris Brown situation. So publicly there was this Diane Sawyer interview. I know everyone's reflecting on these old like Diane Sawyer interviews with issues with their approach to specifically women who've gone through domestic violence. There are multiple com- comments on this YouTube video I watched of the the interview with Rihanna that she was like baiting Rihanna in the interview and trying to provoke like the most emotion. An article said, and it wasn't her piercing, uncomfortable, and ultimately valiant interview with Diane Sawyer where she embraced her role as a de facto domestic violence spokesperson with a level-headed understanding far beyond her 21 years. I mean, that's the other thing. She was 21 when she was put through all of this. And then on top of that, to your point, the pace at which she was releasing albums and releasing music in general uh, during you know the early 2010s, late 2000s, 
was so intense. And so that pressure on her, plus everything going on in her personal life and living that all, all out publicly was just a low moment overall. And it, I guess it was more than a moment. Yeah. It, it was a shadow, not shadow, as a cloud, a dark cloud over this era. And I'm not sure if it was a bad thing at the moment, but you know, this morning as I was reflecting on this album, I was really like, wow, did you really just go straight from that to that to that to this album? And to be honest, Steve, I wonder if that's why she's almost at like a seven year gap between now and her last album, Auntie, because she's never had that moment in life to just be her and reflect and I think maybe in a sense cope. In terms of what song should have been a single, I'll go first and then I'll hand it off to you. Okay. Because I'm worried that mine might be the same as yours. Also, it might have been an international single, I don't know, but Te Amo was... Oh yeah, that was was an international single. There was a whole uh, um, video to it. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't a US single, so I'm going to go with that one because I really liked that song. It made me bop my head. It had a good chorus. It was, you know, it infused with some energy and I really liked the song. But what would be your your single? I'm going to go with Photographs and not because it's one of my favorite songs because it's not one of my favorite songs, but the songs with Will I Am and see if like Black Eyed Peas were right about their one of their peaks in their career at this time with Boo Boo Pow, then they went into... I just can't get enough and everything that uh, that song could have done really, I think well on radio considering will I am and black eyed peas were at a really good peak in their career. Obviously there's been some years what it's this, this was released in 2009. It's now 2023. What age the best from rated R? That's so crazy to believe. 14 Um, years. Right. What has aged the best is I'm going to say the dubstep. What Rihanna begins the album with are our two dubstep centric songs, um, Madhouse and Wait Your Turn. And there's a couple other ones on the album that have that too. But like that sound, Steve, was a little bit ahead of its time from a commercial pop perspective. And I really do think part of this helped to further kick off the EDM craze that was more commercialized and pop in the years following 2009. So the the fact that it was a little bit ahead of its time in that area definitely aged probably the best. Yeah, I actually was going to say that I loved Madhouse and how that kind of kicked off the album. It really like invited you into this the world tone, that right? Rihanna was creating. It reminded me a lot of, you know, what you see today in albums to make them more of a story. And I really thought that was a fun, a fun track. So what age best for me is kind of building off what I said about the low moment is using the music as therapy. And you're kind of convincing me that maybe she didn't fully resolve some of her feelings through the music. And that's, you know, why she's taking a bit of a break now, but let's go back. Like Chris Brown beat her with enough force to warrant a 50 yard three-year restraining order Uh, though that incident and its aftermath informs you know most of of rated r 
And so Billboard actually wrote on Rated R's 10-year anniversary, which I oh, was... Oh, I want to was... read that. Yeah, <laughs> you should definitely read it. It's a good article. The album was Rihanna's Control, her declaration of independence from Brown and her taking charge of a narrative that had turned her into a victim. Rocking a new attitude, swag, and edginess, this was a good girl gone badass. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I thought that it's like that empowerment, like I'm reclaiming the narrative is what aged the best. Yeah, and Steve, as we look at Rihanna's career, this is where we started to see Rihanna of who she is today, this album, because she it was the first time we saw Rihanna go hard, right? And, you know, she was more singing, rapping, sing, saw some songs. I don't think she had done that in her previous record. And she was doing traditional pop music. So this is the moment where Rihanna starts to make a turn from a good girl gone bad to like a real badass that she is today. And to be honest, it's a huge milestone in her career. Hard is I think my favorite song on the album, by the way, it's a good track. Not my favorite though. (laughs) So next we'll talk about what didn't age. Well, I'll go first because I feel like mine's going to be polarizing after a comment you made earlier. To me, what didn't age well was Rude Boy. Hear me out. I know you like this song. It's the biggest single from Rated R. There's no doubt. Number one, 22 weeks. But it's an outlier on the album. It's this like bumping dance hall jam on which Rihanna admits her things for thing for bad boys asking, can you get it up? And is you big enough? It feels as if the song was added to increase the commercial success and the appeal of the album. Like I said, my favorite single was Hard. And I thought that should have been the lead single. But Rude Boy, it's indicative that they didn't lead with that song. It's clearly the most radio-friendly song. But they knew it wasn't the aesthetic of the album. When they figured out that the aesthetic songs of the album weren't performing, they reverted. The album is actually very cohesive in that like, it flows really well. Like You go from rock-type ballad, firebomb, into Rude Boy, into Photographs, into G4L. It is the the one, it's probably the only up-tempo track she has that's like dance-worthy on the floor, but to, it still has that grittiness that the entire album has. So I, I think it has aged like a fine wine. That said, on my end, what hasn't aged well are the lyrics of G4L. And if you listen to this this, this track, there's gunshots, there's like threatening of violence and like saying, hi, I'm going to get your guns out. I will say in this song is born Rihanna's Navy name because we're an army, better yet a Navy is a line. And then like, then her Navy started. We'd be like, oh my God, that's it. That's her name. Uh, but the song itself is like, oof, like in the age of a hyper scrutiny around gun violence, that song has not aged well. All right, Mike. What is your rationale for what went wrong with this album? The fact that it was released so early on with her other records. Again, Steve, like her first album was in what, 2005 maybe? She had another album in 2006 or 2000, and then um, 2008 was Good Girl Gone Bad. 2009 was Rated R. And that that doesn't do well for artists when you are, you know, churning out records left after right. But again, after the fact that you have very little breathing room, I think it was February of that year, of 2009, when she had that Grammys incident. So that's not a lot of time to get past that. And that said, 
the album while we're talking about you know rude boy g4l hard a good half of the album are ballads and they're they're very deep and that's not something that people are inclined to listen to after listening to us please don't stop the music and stuff like that people didn't know rihanna's artistry at this point in her career i don't think people were ready for it and that's what went wrong it was almost like i mean it makes sense if people were pissed about russian roulette because it was such a honestly the worst song on the album i don't know why they made that a single but it's such a, a bait and switch from what people were, were noting rihanna for and expecting there's some beauty to that but that's i think what went wrong there yeah i think you hit on a lot of things that you know came up for me go figure I I talked about how I knew Rihanna as a singles artist. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so her reliance on singles drove the album's success for good girl gone bad. Yeah. Obviously that's a factor for most albums, but Rihanna hadn't developed herself as this like person with this body of work at the stage. And so she was a singles artist and she puts, you know, a revolver to her temple on Russian roulette and releases that on radio this is her first single. And at the time, these were two profane lyrics for pop radio. I mean, let's be honest, it's 2009, which has you know supported her throughout her career. Radio has always been a big supporter to this day with Lift Me Up. So to me, it was the, the poor single choices. And the other thing, Rihanna doesn't write her own music, does she? This album is one of her first where she started writing a majority of her stuff. So, it, I mean, ebbs and flows, but this is the first album where Rihanna started to do more, take more control of her writing. Okay. Personal albums for artists that who don't write their music is also like this weird... Disconnect. But disconnect? Not this one, though. There um, are a couple tracks that don't have that, but she, ha she did have a co-writing credit in most of the songs. That, I think, is a redeeming quality, obviously, of the album. But I think that the single choices are kind of what did it in for it's like a commercial success. All right, Mike, let's see what the fans have to say about Rihanna's rated R. The first tweet is from Lux. It says rated R underperformed. She was just publicly humiliated by Chris. She changed her red hair and she knew she was serving this loud era. And so this person tweeted only girl in the world by Rihanna. So basically they're talking about how Rihanna turned her back on the uh, rated R era when she went to loud. What are your thoughts? Um, so see, we have, I think I have to spend some time on this. So people need to know loud. One of her, her most top albums as well. Um, only girl in the world. What's my name? S and M. Oh, I loved what's my name with right? such a good track, but like, with that, I mean, she went to Loud one year after, like almost at the date. November is Rihanna's magic month. And she did turn her back on Rita R, but she, she promoted the fuck out of it. Like she did five music videos, I think. And, you know, went on tour, Last Girl on Earth tour, shout out, um, work out the tab. And you got you to put the bill down a little bit, Mike, so people can see the yeah, hat. Right? Rated R. Rihanna knew what she had to do, though, Steve, after this era. She knew she had an abort mission. She cried it out and now was ready to dance. And so, Mike, I saw this tweet and it, re 
it showed why we should review this album and re-review it in 2023. It says, oh my God, they put rated R on her wall. Yes, Sandaya, we love a woman with taste. Hashtag justice for rated R, hashtag euphoria HBO. So in euphoria, Zendaya has a rated R poster of Rihanna. So the Gen Zers, shall I say, are re-embracing the album. That's so funny. I actually have a poster as well. It's really sexy. And Steve, shout out to this entire era's album artwork. If you have not looked it up, look it up. It is the hottest probably best album photo she's ever had. Ellen Von Unworth is the photographer. Very gritty, very sexy, high um, flash um, photos. And the album photo shoot in this record is just freaking bomb. The third tweet, Mike, by Rihanna lately, so a fan, they really thought Rihanna is over after Rated R underperformed. Still, she scored two global hits, Russian Roulette and Rude Boy. Not to mention that she achieved multi-platinum certifications for the album everywhere in Europe. Even her flop era did good. So I don't know if I'd call Russian Roulette a global hit, but they obviously feel some passion for Rated R. Yeah, that, that makes sense. All right, Mike, it's time for the 2023 review. Is Rihanna's Rated R a flop 14 years later? Steve, do we have a tally of what our <laughs> what no, our? No, but we should do that and post it should. on social media. We should. So I'm gonna go with not a flop. So uh, only for the commercially, it didn't do as well as her other her previous record. Um, it doesn't do as well as her future records. But we can't emphasize enough how big of a stepping stone this is in her career. She needed this album to be taking a little bit more seriously as an artist after her next record loud. She went to talk that talk was a little bit more of the same. And then she went to her, her album. What was it? Un Unapologetic. And then anti and those the latter two were very critical albums in terms of artistry and like moving forward in the needle. So this album was a huge moment for Rihanna. People, can embrace the artistry in the the ballads and i think in that perspective it is not a flop it very much is a good record i encourage everyone to listen to it steve agree disagree this is not a flop yay a flop. we agree the first time of season maybe i think the first time yeah this Cheers, season everybody <laughs> without this album there is no anti uh and i think rihanna Rihanna's anti has spent one of the most weeks on the billboard chart of any female album. It's, it was huge. It didn't have to me the GP sounding pop radio friendly hits no. that her previous albums had. And to me, anti made her an albums artist if she wasn't one before. And she would have never had that if she hadn't developed her own persona and rated R. Yeah. I think Unapologetic was a was a close one to her being an albums artist. She, at that time, started to get more deeper in the artistry aspect. And so, honestly, Steve, like, she did go back a little bit with her next album, Rated R. But, like, oh, well, people fucking loved Rated R. It was a top album that I'm sure is going to, you know, never be on this, this, um, this channel. But Rihanna did the thing here. 
Okay, Mike. Well, that wraps it up for today. It's yeah. been amazing to listen to all of these albums this season. Mm-hmm. And we want to hear from you guys what your tally looks like for mm-hmm. flop or not for each of the albums we've reviewed this season, but specifically for this one, Rated R by Rihanna. And Mike, why don't you tell everybody how they can get a hold of us? Yeah, flop, at Flopography Podcast, any social media network. If you want to send us your thoughts and you're not a social person or you want to email us a voice note, you can do that at flopographypodcast at gmail.com. Even though this is the end of the season, who knows? You may be popping up in a future one. Anchor.fm slash flopographypodcast for how to get a hold of us on any streaming platform. And if you're watching us on YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe. Take the polls on here and... Y'all, we did it, right, Steve? Since we've gotten all the logistics down, it, we could really like more focus on the music this season. And I yeah. felt it was great, you know, to especially reconnect at the beginning of the year and Get pump out it. some episodes of Flopography. It's like this little passion project has turned into three seasons, which is wild. And I'm hoping that people listen to some of these albums and, and look at them in a different light afterward. Yeah, and let us know again. Like, if you guys want more, let us know. I I was actually Steve engaging with some people on YouTube today, um, a couple days ago, and I had realized we didn't like some of their comments. So I replied to them, gave you know some of them really good perspectives, and one of them said today they're really excited for season three. So that is exactly. So shout out to you all. Honestly, we're we're so grateful, and we love all the feedback and you bantering back with us, even if you don't agree with us. So thank you so much for the support. Yeah. Even if it's like Steve, you pause too much or say too many ums, you know, oh, I appreciate Steve, it. Your dog and, you know, this whole season, I had a completely sober season, no drinking during the episode. So we'll see if I was more on my game this season. Yeah. And I broke mine today with having a glass <laughs> of wine. So, but oh, well. Well, now that dry January is over, all yeah. rules are gone. So yeah, get a hold of us. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode. You never know. Steve, until next time. Until next time, Mike. Virtual hugs. Yes, have a good one. Bye, y'all. Bye. Aw. Sentimental. Let me end the recording. Hold on.